Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we are recording at the Evoke Advertising Studios here in beautiful Orlando, Florida. And on today's episode, we are going to talk about inspiration. What is it? Where can where, where does it come from? And, and how do you recover it once it's lost? Uh, we're going to bring Sam back into the studio for a three-peat appearance and, and really kind of get down to the nitty-gritty of what inspires us, what doesn't inspire us, and what can we do to reclaim any lost sense of inspiration during the creative process. Um, and before we get into that, though, I wanted to briefly touch on one of the most inspiring stories or instances that have has occurred in 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 recent history. Um, Oreo actually just released a fireworks edition of of their America's favorite sandwich cookie. Um, yeah, apparently the this 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 special edition Oreo is going to come complete with pop rocks, essentially popping candy within the cream. That's by far the most American thing I have heard in a very long time, and it it bring it brought a tear to my eye when I first read the story. Uh, I can just see small children, you know, just just tearing that cookie, that that sandwich cookie open and, and, and really indulging in that 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 pop candy filled cream and just knowing that you are in a country that 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 takes the time to really provide you with the most necessary things, the things that you actually truly need in this life. And I, I honestly, there's there's nothing more inspiring than that. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Like, I, I hope that there's a day that we can just start using fireworks Oreos as as currency. I will totally put a down payment on my next car with a couple packs of, of fireworks Oreos. I don't know about you, I, you know, to each their own. But, you know, it is what it is. So with that said, we're going to get straight into the conversation. All right, we are back, and I have uh, Sam in the studio with me. Hey. So, uh, Sam, I'm in a rut. You're in a rut. I'm in something of a rut, okay. and uh, I've lost all hope. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm fresh out I'm of inspiration. Sorry. Well, first of all, we have a pretty okay healthcare plan. Right now. <laughs> uh, therapy is not free, but very helpful. Okay, you know, therapy, you know, shouts out to anybody who's, you know, keeping an eye on their mental health. That is very important. Yeah, that's, that's really important. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, we're here to talk about inspiration and uh, kind of kick things off. Like, what... Let's kind of just discuss some some good or effective inspiration techniques that that kind of help you as an artist and okay. just as a human being. Um, well, here I am in sort of a operations role. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of you know invoicing. I do uh, super inspiring <laughs> stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, let me tell you, <laughs> um, I do I do a lot of you know making sure that that everything is running smoothly. I do a lot of fiscal stuff. Yeah, um, but I also have been given the opportunity to do a lot of writing and some internal creative stuff. Nothing that you know is really client facing, but um, still important nonetheless. Yeah, uh, thank you. And outside of work, um, I make costumes mm-hmm. and I paint. And I have a fine art background, as I'm, I've mentioned like three times on this Yeah, that's podcast. fine. That's fine. Um, but uh, there are a lot of inspiration techniques that I found have worked. Mm-hmm. And then some that um, I hear repeated a lot that are just not um, – they're difficult to apply. And all of this has just a heady disclaimer. Um, 
is dependent on how you work as a person. Yeah, it's all about the individual. Yeah, so um, some techniques that I really like to use when I am working creatively, um, if I need to do some design work on the side, um, for a friend right now, I'm doing some wedding invitations for somebody as just like a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm glad that I have a creative background because I'm able to give gifts that are really personal. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm able to make things that are really personal and just, you know, sort of give them out to people as a one-off say, all right, give me like 25 bucks for, you know, something <laughs> yeah, that, just ballpark. Yeah. 25 bucks. It's something fine. That, you know, it's small enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they have someone that cares about it, they can get, so I'll do a lot of thumbnailing. Um, so yeah, explain that, that. Yeah, yeah. If you're not from a creative background, um, or you didn't go to art school, or um, <laughs> you know, you just haven't really delved into the creative process before, thumbnailing is um, applicable to almost any work. So you can thumbnail for a writing assignment the same way that you can thumbnail for a creative assignment. Okay. So if I want to see something really, really far away, instead of drawing something big and then walking 10 feet away, I can just draw it small. Okay. So when you are making a little thumbnail, I will do like a one by one square or a like one by two little rectangle, depending mm -hmm. on my aspect ratio or whatever, mm -hmm. and draw out what I think I want the project to look like from far away. Um, huh. Or a little bit bigger if I want to get a little bit of details in there, you know, figure out what someone's expression is going to look like. Okay. Figure out the way that I want text to be laid out. Okay. And where I think it should go. And, and as a placeholder for text, I'll just write a little scribble. Mm -hmm. um, and if I'm writing, um, I hope that you will be able to attest to this a little bit too. Thumbnailing is just like doing a tiny outline. Ooh. Okay. So if I am looking to do a lot of writing that day. Um, I will, instead of drawing a thumbnail, we'll just jot down a couple of ideas in my notebook and I always handwrite them instead of typing them out mm -hmm. because I find that if I'm typing them out, I have to continue the thought all the way. For sure. And if I'm writing them, I can just do my little shorthand. Okay. And, you know, sort of get down all of my rapid fire thoughts about mm -hmm. a subject or rapid fire thoughts about what I need to come across in this writing or need to come across in this email and just say... This is what's going on. This is what I need done. Huh. And that is sort of my approach when I need to write something that's really creative. Okay. So it's almost like being able to to find the devil in the details. Like being able to take... Well, it's about it's about taking the big idea that you want to get across and making it as simple as possible. Huh. So that when you are trying to draw it out the first time, yeah. you see what you really... That it... it determines your hierarchy of importance okay so if you really need like say i'm doing an ad for a martini i need that martini glass to be front and center mm -hmm. instead of you know saying oh like what if i put a mermaid like sitting at the <laughs> mermaid and like you, you get lost in those details yeah. and then those details become the focus if you're making something really small or you're shortening it as much as you possibly can mm -hmm. then you can expand and okay. that sort of gives you a good you know, uh, visual of what you want it to look like. Okay. And then you flesh out the details later. Cause sometimes those details that you get hung up on are unimportant. You know, hmm. um, I found a lot in making things that, um, I really want to do this one thing and I get really inspired about this one little detail. Yeah. And then I end up losing track because I like keep trying to circle back to that one detail. Cause it's the thing that I'm the most excited about. True. So I think that that's a potential roadblock, but also, you know, that's sort of my, my process. Okay. Simplify before you get too big. Thumbnailing, huh? Yeah. 
That's interesting. Do you find that you thumbnail at all when you write? <sighs> if we can, if we can sort of use that term, I know that it's yeah, English, it's closer to the internet. And well, outline. I mean, I think I might be the opposite, especially when it comes to creating taglines. Um, I know that I will start with like the longest possibility first with a tagline or a headline and yeah. then kind of work my way down, kind of just like okay. distill it down to like its most basis, like elements, mm-hmm. just like to figure out exactly what needs to be said in a tag. Like what, are, what are the most important parts of that tagline? Yeah. So it's almost like inverse thumbnailing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I think that we're, we're sort of getting at the same thing, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's a good point to bring up that everybody has sort of their different process. Yeah. But I think, I think thumbnailing definitely works with design. Yeah. For sure. Oh, it works so well with design. It yeah. works really well with, um, if you're making something physical too, like mm-hmm. if you are, um, if you're, if you're going to make anything from scratch, you sort of want to see the way that it's going to look. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's like going to the grocery store and trying to make a recipe and you have like the list of things that you really want. Mm-hmm. And then you see it all laid out in the cart and you're like, Oh man, I'm buying a lot of food. right now. <laughs> and then that, you know, easy Alton Brown five ingredient recipe mm-hmm. ends up being a ton of food. And yeah. you, you know, you have to pare it down a little bit and little say bit. like, I don't need six pounds of chicken. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk about the, uh, the, the, the inverse of that and kind of dive into maybe a couple of cliches or not so great techniques that you've been taught as mm-hmm. far as like inspiring well, or, or, or finding inspiration when i am struggling to get inspired i will go outside i do all the corny things i like go for a walk and I like <laughs> make myself a meal or you know you know feeding yourself super yeah, corny yeah just, <laughs> just you know brush my teeth uh-huh. like simple easy <laughs> take stuff. care of myself as yeah. a human being <laughs> But, you know, I'll go for a walk. Mm-hmm. I will water my plants. Okay. I have a small garden out back. I'll go hang out with that. I'll hang out with my cat. Um, I find a lot of inspiration in organic form. Okay. So, um, you know, sometimes I'll just sit down and I'll do little thumbnails. I'll do little sketches. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will help me get inspired. Um, I also think that it's really important to copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that sounds like you're just setting yourself up for a plagiarism lawsuit. <laughs> but... Um, One of the biggest things that I was taught in school is to, when you are struggling to find inspiration, you can Google it um, and you can say like, okay, I know that I want to do, you know, this type of painting or I know that, say like you're researching for a tattoo. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of tattoos. Okay. Um, If I'm researching, researching for a tattoo and I'm like, okay, I want a tattoo in these colors to be the subject and I can kind of look it up and see what other people have done. And then riff off of those. Mm-hmm. So when I was in school learning how to oil paint, I copied a lot of Caravaggio. Okay. Which is really difficult painting style because he did this fumato, which is the um, smoky painting style where everything is done in thin layers. Right, right, right. And it turns out that wasn't my style mm. and I hated it. Um, and I could not paint in thin layers. I needed to, you know, really attack it in big swaths of color. Okay. But, um, you know, copying things helps you determine your style. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a kind of negative thing with inspiration techniques, someone says, oh, you're, you know, you're stuck in a rut. You don't know what to do. Just copy something. Hmm. Um, it's really not that easy. (laughs) You know, it's not as easy as saying like, oh, okay, I'll just go copy someone else. You can end up accidentally plagiarizing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and it's just different styles too. Yeah. It might um, not be your preferred approach. Yeah. So if you are copying something and you are so strung out and fizzled out and uninspired, mm-hmm. you may end up not 
attacking that idea with the sort of creative consideration that you need to attack it with. And yeah. you might end up just directly copying it. And then, you know, either getting in a little bit of trouble or, you know, just sort of not being happy with your work. And I think that that is worse than getting in trouble for, you know, something that you can easily change. Gotcha. I think that, that feeling unhappy with your work is the worst. Um, <laughs> I also think that, conversely, struggling to do something different mm-hmm. with the air quotes around them mm-hmm. um, is really an impediment to the creative process. Hmm. Like, if you are are trying so hard, like, oh, I need to do this, but it has to be me and it has to be different. Um, sometimes you can throw some really good ideas at the drawing board, but sometimes you end up getting so stuck in changing something yeah. that you get lost in those details again. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, just not so great information that or techniques that I've been given... Um, I mean, I don't know. It's, it, again, like we like we said earlier, it just really just depends. It's on a person by person basis. But I think the one thing that people try to tell me is like, oh, you know, just uh, just turn your brain off and and it'll come to you. Um, or think about something else for five minutes, yeah. and then that's usually when that that aha moment happens. But that that work never for works for me. Yeah, that never that works really for, me. Work for me either. I find that I um I get caught in a lot of distractions. Uh-huh. And then Absolutely. that makes it worse. Yeah. And I like <laughs> I can't turn my brain off because yeah. then six hours have gone by mm-hmm. and I'm shopping for a yacht I'll never be able to afford. For sure. You know, like I'll bookmark that for later. <laughs> um but you know, I think that um another another one that's kind of akin to that mm-hmm. is is the idea like, oh just scrap it. Ooh. Just get rid of everything Ooh, no, and no, start over. No. And I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> everything can be salvaged. <laughs> yeah, there's always a point. You know, the intentional mistakes idea that mm-hmm. if you've messed up, it was meant to be there. Yeah. And either you can learn to fix it or you learn to live with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I learned that that lesson when I started working with expensive materials. Oh yeah, yeah. So like when can I, I buy imagine? when I buy a piece of watercolor paper that's like 300 pound cold press paper mm-hmm. um you know artisanal stuff yeah like the <laughs> stuff that you find in a gallery it is really beautiful paper it works really well it holds color really well if i mess up i'm not gonna scrap it yeah I can't. it's like we have to find another way to salvage this yeah. so either you know you have to get real creative with like the way that you cover it mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you have to you know think in a different way and mm-hmm. and challenging yourself to think differently is harder than scrapping it, Absolutely. but it's sometimes more rewarding because you end up, you know, putting in a lot of hours on something that ended up looking really great. Um, True. And, you know, there's a there's a big draw to putting in a lot of hours. I'm a slow worker. Okay. I don't um, approach things with crazy speed. Okay. Especially when they're important to me. Hmm. Because I don't think that rushing through something out of excitement produces the best result. And I've definitely rushed through things um, because I was excited about them and then and then later been disappointed. Hmm. You know, that you always got to go because you got you got so caught up in the rapture. Yeah. That you're likely to miss certain things. Yeah, I'm a serial in the, the scrapping things mm-hmm. realm. I'm, uh, I'm the worst at starting a project and then never finishing it because mm-hmm. I'll start it and I'll get really, really, really excited <laughs> and I'll finish like You're just half like overexcite yourself. Like, okay, we're going to put this down for now. But you don't, but you don't it. get rid of it. You just put it no, on the I back burner. No, I just sit it somewhere. I have like knitting projects that I've had started for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had 
I've had, you know, costumes that have never gotten finished or like paintings that mm-hmm. are hanging, but I need to fix the corner, you know, that sort of thing. So I guess to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit, like there has to be a time where you, you kind of look at those projects that are collecting dust and say to yourself, okay, like we have to make a we have to make a decision about this. Yeah, like for sure. I've been writing this book for the past eight years now, mm-hmm. and it, we're still on chapter two. Like what do like what yeah. do you do in situations like that where like you kind of just have to? Well, you kind of just have to maybe think about throwing in the towel. Um, there are there are a couple things. So if you find yourself really uninspired about a project, mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite things to do is just to force yourself to work on it for fifteen minutes. And if you really still hate it, hmm. it's done. Wow. Put it, put it down. Okay. Um, but sometimes that 15 minutes goes by and then a half an hour goes by and then you've been working on it for 45 minutes and mm-hmm. you forgot. You know, you just forgot how much you wanted to work on this mm-hmm. project or you forgot, you know, how much you really, you know, put into it and you're going back at your work and sometimes you end up doing it over. Yeah, because, for sure. Like, oh, these, you know these stitches weren't in the right place or I learned how to do something better. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I've really, when I've really hit a wall, either, you know, you can eat yourself into a coma <laughs> and watch some Healthy. reruns of Parks and Recreation. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has their moments. Yeah. But, um, you know, there, there is a big draw to sort of put it down and just leave it and just go, oh, you know, I'll get back to it later. But forcing yourself a little bit within reason mm-hmm. to work on it when you're feeling inspired mm-hmm. um, is is really important. You know, I've said this before, honor your mood. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are just not feeling it that day yeah. and you are, you know, having a pattern of days where you just are not, you're in a funk, um, you, you have to take it easy on yourself. For sure. You know, you can't let yourself, I'm one of those people that wears their heart on their sleeve. Um, and you know, you can't force yourself to do something that you do not have the energy to do for sure. So do something else, like do something that is a smaller task, do something that's a repetitive task just to make yourself feel like you're accomplishing something. Mm -hmm. You know, those are my Zen moments when I'm really, really uninspired. That's when I do all my spreadsheets Mm -hmm. because it's easy and I can double check my work without stressing myself out. Low impact. Yeah, do something low impact, but I will also get inspired at like one o'clock in the morning <laughs> and break out the notebook and start scribbling stuff down. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning I wake up and I'm like, what is this? When did I write this down? What does this mean? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in the fervent dream, half asleep writing, you end up writing something completely off the wall. Like, for sure. what if I made sweaters for hamsters <laughs> oh, and sold them on Etsy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. That, that is one thought that people have. <laughs> yeah. What do you do when you have hit a wall? Ooh, well, I mean, it's hard. It's kind of hard in, in advertising. You know, yeah. it's an industry that's so deadline driven. So you can't necessarily go to a client and be like, ah, dude, you I have to like kind of hit a right wall, now. bro. Like, yeah, I'm coming from a personal creative uh-huh. where none of my projects matter. <laughs> you know, I'm just doing them because I love it. Mm-hmm. And, you know. So I guess within the realm of our industry, if you get faced with, you know, if you hit that wall, but you still know you have a deadline kind of looming over your head. I think it's that's when you kind of reprioritize things because yeah. we tend to we, we we as creators or just people in the industry, we tend to have a lot of things on our plate from day to day. And so like you were kind of like what you were saying earlier about like 
maybe taking stopping a task and moving on to something else for 15 minutes, doing a doing a spreadsheet or meditating or, or something that kind of puts your mind in idle for a little while so it can kind of get a breather and then go back to what you were doing. Um, I think that's probably the best way to reconcile having that deadline, but still being able to get over that wall. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree. Also, we um, have a real benefit at Evoke because we work in an open floor plan. And I think that I'm a little isolated because mm-hmm. I work at the front desk okay. and I'm a little far from people. But um, if I really need to get around to someone and say, does this look weird? Mm-hmm. The Internet is an amazing tool mm-hmm. and I can do a screen grab and send an email real fast. And, you know, reaching out to your peers or reaching out to your superiors and saying, like, I want to do this um, or I'm inspired by this mm-hmm. or how do you think this looks um, can be really more helpful than just sort of sitting in your own bubble. I know that you move around the office a lot. Brian is like our, our traveling. Something something of a nomad. And I think that, that helps too. Like instead of just feeling like I'm tethered to my my desk in the creative pit, I move. Sometimes I'll be in the conference room. Or Did you call it a creative pit? Yeah, that's what we call it, the creative pit. Don't worry about it. The, or it's or like the, the the salt mines, depending on how we feel, <laughs> depending on what, what, what day it is. Um, right. But yeah, you know, you, I bounce around, change up the scenery a little bit. And I think that's another thing that helps me with, with, with finding inspiration. And like you were saying, just collaborating with people who might not necessarily identify with your work group. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner at home has absolutely no idea how to approach photoshop okay like no he doesn't really have a creative background he plays music Mm -hmm. so he's good at at translating those things into practice but he's just not a painterly person yeah so i'll ask him like how does this look okay and he'll point out something that i think is obvious Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh yeah i'll move that later but then i realize that that's what's messing me up yeah because you know he points out something like oh you need to move that you know orange thing in the corner and I'm like, oh, you're right. I do need to get rid of that before I can clear my space, clear mm-hmm. my mind and move on to that detail that I was, you know, mm-hmm. focusing on instead of focusing on the other thing. You know, I, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, 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 that makes sense. And and there, there are actually people that kind of argue that collaboration tends to kill innovation and kill inspiration um, in the sense that you you might have you yourself might have come up with a good idea you might have put yourself hold yourself in a room for 20 minutes and come up with the most brilliant idea and it actually is a brilliant idea mm-hmm. but then when you start shopping that idea around to other to other people in a group or within an agency or what have you that idea tends to become less and less the vision that you originally had or yeah. becomes watered down or, or bastardized whatever you want to however you want to describe it so so what do you what do you think about the having the the anti-collaborative approach okay (laughs) to all my haters i would like to say (laughs) bye but um (laughs) so um i think that that is an issue of you need to figure out who you are Hmm. you know i think that um there is a you have to figure out how self-confident you are with this Okay. Idea. Okay. And then you have to, before you take it to anybody else, I tend to do a little bit of the thing. Okay. So like, say I, I want to start this design project. I'll just do it. 
and then give it to somebody and say, how does this look? Because mm-hmm. if you, um, if I am making something and I'm really passionate about it, I'm going to want to turn it out as fast as possible. Okay. And, you know, start it and then not finish it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you can start a project and you have the time to start a project and it's it's one of those things that you don't need to bring mm. to someone for mm. approval. Okay. I think you're pretty free in the advertising world to start it and, you know, give it to somebody. We, in the past, have done creative for clients before we've even really met with them for creative. Okay, yeah. Because it inspires them and Mm -hmm. because it gives them an idea of what you can do. For sure. So if it's something that you don't really need to shop around for yet, try it out, make some thumbnails, make a little prototype, and then bring it to people. Cool. You know, I think that that's sort of the scientific approach to it. Mm -hmm. If you're going to publish a study, you don't you know, bring the idea for a paper to someone before you've tested the idea. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's there's a sink or swimness about that. But okay. there's also a real benefit to trying something out and then bringing it to someone. Huh. If you do need to shop around and say, you know, what do you think about this? This is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Then um, decide first whether or not you really have faith in that idea. Because if you are going to go to somebody and they're going to say, no, I don't think that that is going to work. Uh-huh. I don't think that's a good idea. And you get a lot of no's. You have to evaluate, is this something that I'm worth pursuing against those odds? Mm-hmm. Or are they right? And that's a huge internal struggle. And that takes a lot of self-confidence for you to get past. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have done those projects before where somebody said, you know, I don't think that that's really going to work. Um, when I was in school, I did a lot of block printing and I was in school for graphic design. Okay. So, um, I made a couple of block prints and I said to my teacher, I'm going to live trace these into illustrator and I'm going to vectorize them. (laughs) And, um, it took me forever. Okay. It took me a really long time, but, and he said, I wouldn't do that. Don't do it. It's going to take you too long. You know, you're going to end up with a lot of roadblocks. It's not going to look the way that you're envisioning Mm -hmm. it to look. I figured out a way to do it. It didn't take me that long. It took me a long time to figure it out. But Mm -hmm. end product, it didn't take me that long. Um, And it ended up being one of the strongest projects I'd ever done. Okay. Because I had taken that risk and, you know, done it a little bit before I brought it in and said, hey, this is what I'm looking at to do. How do I approach this? Mm-hmm. How do I do this? So there's a balance between collaborating and getting kind of taking down. that that the, that occasional calculated risk. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You you have to be able to roll the dice a little bit, mm-hmm. especially if you're trying to think out of the box. Okay. Um, there there are some agencies, um, there are some places that will push you to fit their creative bubble. Hmm. And there are some places where they will only hire people that really have their same creative vision. Hmm. Um, and I think that that can be a little bit stifling, too. Okay. I think that it's difficult to accept that which is unlike ourselves. Yeah, I think that's a very that's a very hard yeah. truth for, for, for some to swallow. Yeah, but, and, um, and you know, ancient peoples were very drawn to people that were like themselves mm-hmm. and that had similar customs. So I 100% get that. But, you know, dare to be different. Be <laughs> your own human being. Absolutely. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, ways to kind of bring about inspiration. But I, I kind of want to, like, bring it bring it back and, and, mm-hmm. and really just talk about what inspires you or who inspires Ooh. you. Um. 
I listen to a lot of music. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of bands that I really enjoy. Um, and I'm kind of in charge of the music throughout the house. Like throughout Evoke, I am in charge of the This music is true, guys. Front. Yes. So I listen to like a lot of 90s alternative rock. Yes, yes she does. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Pretty sure I've um, heard Karma Police four times yeah, this week. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, there's a lot of the shins on there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Interpol happening. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of modest mouse happening. Wow. But um, I am very inspired, like I said, by organic forms. That means plants, um, animals, um, people, just okay. the way that things are, are shaped round. Um, and I think that that's an interesting thing to bring to the table since we, we work in such a modern space mm-hmm. with clean lines and flat color. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a push in the modern design world to be really sharp and clean and i'm seeing that dissolve into a more natural approach kind of a free form yeah be that like a distressed trend right Mm -hmm. now with packaging design i find is getting really distressed okay and really um you know it's starting to harken back to the like 60s era of advertising where things are really um you know we're persona based i think i think um, maybe that's just where I'm shopping. <laughs> that's just but, you know, maybe that's just the whole speaking foods. to your 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 personal <laughs> aesthetic. Um, I'm really also inspired by um, some female artists. Like Georgia O'Keeffe is one of my favorite artists. Mm-hmm. Um, Fiona Apple is one of my favorite <laughs> artists just because she has such a weird style. She's so weird. Oh man, I love it. Um, and I think that I'm, I'm inspired by some of the people that work here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, I'm definitely inspired by my peers. I'm inspired by, you know, not just the work that they put out, mm-hmm. um, but I'm inspired by their attitudes and inspired by their, you know, constant perseverance and, you know, be they young or older. Um, there are some really, if you are in a rough place mm-hmm. or you aren't feeling inspired lately, mm-hmm. um, you know, asking someone to work with you or okay. scheduling yourself a meeting just to sort of pick yourself up a little bit. Yeah. Um, or, you know, grabbing someone as they walk to get a snack and say like, hey, I, you know, what's going on? Yeah, Let's have absolutely. a short conversation. That can be really inspiring. Yeah, Those for are sure. the things that move me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, You're supposed to be asking me the questions, right? Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm inspired by myself. I, I, f- I find myself a very inspiring person. <laughs> no, no. no, I mean, I, I, I do this weird thing where I will stare out different types of windows, like okay. different different sizes of uh, window panes, and I'll look at them from different angles just to kind of get like a two by four or a four by four view of what I'm, I'm, what, what I'm looking at and just to kind of regain perspective on things because... I spend a lot of time staring at computer screens. Oh, yeah. Um, just very, very damaging to the eyes. Oh, yeah. And so any time where I can kind of like refocus and look at something natural, mm-hmm. whether it be natural light or, yeah. a, 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 you know, a pocket of trees, a squirrel doing some weird squirrel stuff in the <laughs> parking lot, like something that kind of shakes me out of that 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 yeah. digital chokehold existing near nature is really important and yeah. it sounds super holistic <laughs> obviously, but like existing, the drum circle will be five minutes after this podcast yeah um we'll get into that later <laughs> um but yeah I, you know when i'm at home i work really really well just because mm-hmm. i'm near i'm near my cat mm-hmm. and i find that that's really helpful okay um you know working 
outside we have a porch here that's really accessible if you have a laptop yeah you can just sort of go out there sit in the heat and you know <laughs> it's work part of nature he is, is part of nature. nature yeah and <laughs> and just the fresh air helps there's a such a there's such a doldrum um vibe in, in modern office culture mm-hmm. you know we work long hours we work um under tight deadlines you know mm-hmm. advertising is stress but being able to take those moments and and you know acknowledging when you need those moments yeah. is really important you know it's um it's it's difficult to do but i think harmful to say i can't take a break right now um and i'm totally guilty of mm. saying those things you no. know saying i can't take a break right now or i can't do this or you know i can't eat today <laughs> yeah um but you know you can't do that. No. Th- those are the things you can't do not is not acknowledging your own body and it's about self-care. It's about it's about, about it's always about self-care. Thanks for having me on today, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is the perfect podcast episode for me. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to relax and release, you know? Yeah. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, we're going to jump into uh, my my all-time favorite segment of the Ooh. show, uh Take It or Leave It. You are a veteran of this. This is my favorite too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love so, this part. And this would be, you know, round if you're not familiar with this, it's a round robin rapid fire uh segment where we kind of throw out a couple of topics, ideas. Oh, I'm raising my hand. She's raising her hand. Is this PG-13? This is PG-13. Okay. We've, we've got we 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 listeners at home. Um, so yeah, yeah. Topics, trends, ads, anything that might be pertinent to either what we're talking about or the industry as a whole, we throw it out and we decide whether we take it or leave it. Give a quick description as to why, and then we move on to the next one. So. Sam, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. I've been ready. <laughs> the first topic, uh, the statement, inspiration equals ability. I need you to define this for me. Ooh. I need help. Someone didn't do their homework before the podcast. I did my homework. The internet <laughs> is difficult today. <laughs> yes, we have been having some technical difficulties today. Um, so a myth or maybe a fact that, that floats around when it comes to inspiration, that people who tend to easily get inspired is can... Pretty much supplant that inspiration with just sheer talent or ability. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna pass on this. this okay, is a, so we're this leaving is a this one. Hard leave it. Okay, because um, there are a lot of things that I would never have been able to do had I not started the project anyway. Okay, um, and it is not easy. Mm-hmm. Like I can't say that I learned how to sew because I'm talented at sewing. <laughs> I'm one of those glue it together and see if it looks good from five feet away. From people. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm one of those like fix it with duct tape people. Mm-hmm. And I would never have learned how to use a two part epoxy had I not taken on a project that I couldn't handle. Okay. So sometimes yes, being talented gives you that extra leg up mm-hmm. but you can't sit look at a at something and say i'll never be able to do that mm-hmm. because you need to learn a new skill with every project that you start yeah. if i'm starting a project and i know that it's something that i already know how to do mm-hmm. i don't want to do it and i'm not inspired to do it if i'm challenging myself with every project right now i'm making a dress for a costume that is um, 18th century Rococo inspired. Okay. Which is really <laughs> like they put bedazzlements on everything. Okay. Like every surface has a ruffle uh-huh. or a flower <laughs> or a lace okay. or something on it. 
Um, and I'm making a men's costume and a women's costume, both for myself. So I have to figure out how to get the silhouettes right. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited, like so <laughs> happy to go home at the end of the day and do a lot of research and do a lot of reading. And I'm a history nerd. And I just I love challenging myself. <laughs> and I don't think that being able to do something is always inspiring. Sometimes you have to challenge yourself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will definitely leave that then as well. Yeah. I think, I think it takes more than just being able to say, aha, like you can't rely on that. That aha moment is yeah. not going to happen every time something needs to get done. Mm-hmm. Like you need sure. to be able to have technical skill in order to kind of pick up where that inspiration left yeah. off. And you have to teach yourself that technical skill. For sure. I didn't finish college. Mm-hmm. I've had to teach myself a lot of things during my time at Evoke. Mm-hmm. And I'm so blessed, like, <laughs> so blessed to have had that opportunity yeah. here. Cool. All right. Next topic, mind-altering substances. See, this is why I asked if it was PG-13. Well, I mean, we'll keep it We'll keep it as PG-13 um, as we can. Also, define mind-altering substances. Oh, like, are we boy. talking like magical matrix pill here? We'll, 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 we'll use a, a pop culture reference to kind of kickstart it. Um, like in Mad Men, you okay. tend to see them smoking. Drinking a lot. S- drinking and smoking weed yeah. as a means, especially the copywriters. Um, <laughs> oh, sm- yeah. Smoking a, smoking a lot of uh, the ganj in an attempt to <laughs> kind of spur yeah. that inspiration, kind of like get those creative juices flowing. So um, do you take or leave the idea of using mind-altering substances to kind of help in the creative process? Um, I went to art school. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, next so, topic. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. Okay. But, um, that is because I am super liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think that having some substances available mm-hmm. can be really helpful. Like we have beer on tap here. Yeah. Um, and that is a drug. We have a lot of coffee here. Like caffeine, yeah, caffeine is a drug. Is a drug. Yeah, caffeine yeah, totally. is a mind-altering substance. Totally. If I'm like dragging myself out of bed in the morning mm-hmm. and I know that I can come here and have like two cups of coffee and, and chill. Yeah. And that means that, you know, I can work better. And I think that we all have our crutch. I think that we all have in- substances that inspire us a little bit more. Yeah, Um And I sure. definitely think that they can be helpful. You know, be they, you know on the table for legislation or not. Um, that is entirely up to you. It's entirely up to you, Florida. The, yeah. the decision is in your hands. Well, the people have spoken. <laughs> it is up to you, Congress. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got to get that ball rolling. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I definitely take it with the with the, the, the illicit substances, but within reason, um, whatever your substance of choice may be, um, it I definitely don't think it should become a crutch no. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you, I don't think anybody should be like, oh, well, it's, it's kind of like those people who are like, oh, well, don't, don't talk to me until I've had my first cup of coffee. I'm like, that's, eh, I mean, it's kind of weird. It's, it's, a, it's to me, of, it's, it's that's odd. a bad excuse in my opinion. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's kind of just like, what, what is it about your habits that are keeping you from being able to function as a yeah. human being until you've had your caffeine? Mm-hmm. I quit smoking two years ago. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, you know. Another art school trope, a mm. lot of black coffee and cigarettes. Mm. And, breakfast um, of champions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, also the breakfast of the terminally <laughs> thin and broke. Um, the destitutes. <laughs> oh, God. Dessert. Well, it makes you look cool. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know. So they no, say. It doesn't, it doesn't so they say. <laughs> but um, 
you know, that used to be my crutch. Like, I had an oral fixation. Like, I needed to, like, I chewed on things oh, okay. a lot. And it was just a gross habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely used to be one of those people that was like, just don't talk to me right now. You know, I, I'm stressed out. I need to go have a cigarette and calm down. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that was me not being able to get out of my own head gotcha. without a ritual. Cool. Um, and you need to evaluate your rituals before you blame it on a substance, yeah. I think. You need yeah. to evaluate, like, what am I doing every day that's mm-hmm. helping me with this? Because if it's going outside to smoke, mm-hmm. maybe just going outside yeah. is the ritual that you need. Yeah. You know, maybe just taking a break is the ritual that you need. Yeah. Instead of, you know. It doesn't need to be augmented with that, that cancer stick. Yeah. And it definitely, <laughs> I don't think it needs to be augmented with sugar either. Ooh. Sugar is people's big, big, big crush. Mm-hmm. Crutch. Mm-hmm. and um, that can be a difficult habit to break. Maybe yeah, just sure. drinking something and taking that moment is more important than... Water. Drinking water. Yeah. Or Drink. kombucha. Yeah. Kombucha I've, gotten really into, I've gotten into kombucha lately. So. I love kombucha. It's great. We'll see how it pans um, out. Teas are also Good tea. Better. Nice, good good tea. Yeah. Good green tea, maybe. Mm-hmm. Something like that. We're just so hippie right now. <laughs> just like, all right, see us at Coachella next year. I'm just waiting. Like uh, I, I could smell the patchouli in the air. <laughs> Um, oh no, my perfume does have patchouli. Oh in it. god, oh, no. <laughs> so many stereotypes, so Rip. little time. All right, so speaking of time, we're gonna wrap this up and uh, knock out this last topic. Okay. Um, the idea of muses, um, usually maybe one or a couple, just that that person or that personification that mm-hmm. always gets you inspired. She is my muse. He is my muse. I can't do anything until I've interacted with my muse. Take it or leave it. I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> I'm gonna hard leave it. Yeah, super um, hard. Like it's it's very self indulgent. You know Picasso thing. No. Pablo Picasso. I do not like this man. Okay. Um, I think that he was <laughs> that'll very that'll be covered in another podcast. Yeah, I, I do think that he was very talented. But when he was, um, he had a lot of affairs. Okay. And when he was um, falling out of favor with a woman, mm-hmm. he would start to draw her as cubes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so all those paintings of like women as abstracted forms. That was just him being petty. That was him being petty. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was him rolling out the keys, May. Like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea. Um, so when you were getting that, like, that, 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 well, that one drawing and it started point, looking a little cubic. Yeah. <laughs> then like, you know, well, I guess this is out. over, Pablo, huh? That's so scary. Oh, first of all, um, also, you know, cheese may aside, um, I think that everybody has a rotating cast of muses. Hmm. I think that what inspires you rotates. Okay. Um, and I don't think that maybe it's person to person, but I don't think that one person has one muse for their entire life. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that can be kind of damaging. Yeah, it could know. be. Yeah. I think so. For sure. Like when you when you aren't as enchanted with that one thing mm-hmm. one day and you know that that's your muse and it like needs to be your one thing yeah. like, that can be potentially really damaging Absolutely. so allow yourself to be inspired by a lot of things yes not just people just things yeah. and experiences yeah for the sure. good and the bad, the can ups do, and the downs. Can we do the last one? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, so the last topic is uh, multitasking. I'm going to take it. Oh, God, okay. Um, I am, and I. our creative department does this too. Okay, do um, we? Downstairs, <laughs> we will have a stream going of a movie while we work. Okay, yeah, that's true. So while people work, and I'm one of those people that like needs, I need to hear people talking mm-hmm. in the background and that will inspire me. Okay. So when I'm at home, I will watch artists drawing on a Twitch live stream. Okay. Or I will watch people playing video games because yeah. like I need to work, I can't play video games right now. And it sort of fulfills that desire 
to, you know, listen to someone talking about something or listening to someone play a game or like watching someone draw a little bit when I need to do a lot of writing, it kind of balances things out. I think that multitasking is important to to being creative in my personal opinion. So now do you use like watching a Twitch stream or having something play in the background? Do you use that as just white noise or are you actively focusing on what's going on? It's mostly white noise. Okay. Um, there are moments when I will find myself like gravitating towards the Uh the movie instead of focusing on my work. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that depends on who you are as a person. And if I notice that I'm like really watching a movie instead of working, I will either turn it off or I will walk away for a minute. Okay. Okay. Cause I know that that means I need a break real bad (laughs) and my brain is not turning off and I need it to be. In power down mode for a minute. Okay. So you said take it though. I'm going to take it. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to leave it. Um, okay. I, I know I know how I operate and I know that I can't do more than one or two things well at the same time, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to my job or client work. Oh, yeah. I, I can't. I can't try it. I can't do one thing for 15 minutes, flip to something else, or try to do two things concurrently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always try to, when I when I set up my tasks for the day, I, I line everything up one by one, and then I knock that thing out, or I work on that thing until it's either done or I just absolutely can't work on it anymore. Because some things you just can't force. Um, and then I come back and finish it. And once that task is done, then and only then can I move on to something else. Okay. So no, I can't do that. <laughs> well, I have this thing where my brain will like repeat things mm-hmm. over and over again. And if I don't acknowledge that it's repeating a thing, mm-hmm. I get torn down. Gotcha. You know, I think that's a that's a mental health thing where like I need to, you know, if my brain is saying like this thing over here, like tissue paper in the corner, tissue paper in the corner, I have to like go and like pick it up and put it in the trash can and then it can work again. <laughs> Because that whole sequence now was just very exhausting to me. So like you eliminate. I'm sorry (laughs) that I live this. I need need to go stare out a window for a little while. Okay. (laughs) Um, But, you know, some people really need those those hard limits and have to say, you know, this is how I'm going to do things. But, um, you know, some people have other methods and I am that method where Mm -hmm. I I have to have a bunch of things going on at once because it keeps my energy up. If I'm just focusing on one thing, I'm like, and then I don't (laughs) want to do it. True. True. Well, yeah, I guess that's the, the, that's the recurring theme um, with this episode is just that, you know, different strokes for different folks. Mm. Um, Inspiration comes in a lot of different forms. Um, And this, this episode was very inspiring. So Sam, thank you for coming in and and, and talking to us. I Um, love to yap. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good it's a it's good it's a good discourse it's a good commentary it's a good rapport so we appreciate it thank you all right and we will be back all right we are back uh again i want to thank sam for coming in to talk to us about what inspires people uh as we've seen that the, the the answers always vary um but it's still very very cool and very insightful to hear what what other people in the industry have to say um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, be sure to send them to provoke, P-R-O-V-O-K, at evokead.com. And also follow us on Twitter, at evokead, as well as on Facebook, at Evoke Advertising, to keep up with our contributions to the advertising world. And as far as this episode's quote, uh, this is from one of my favorite bands, one of my inspirations, uh, Chumbawamba, uh, from their song Tub Thumping. Shouts out to all the people from the 90s that remember. And, and they said, 
I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. Y'all take care. <laughs>